Merry Christmas, everyone. Peace be with you. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. No, wait, don't do it. Don't you dare do it. You are not allowed to offer each other a sign of peace. You're not allowed to touch each other. Do no more holy handshakes or holy hugs or a holy kiss. For those of you who know what that is, we're not allowed to do any of that stuff because of COVID. We are allowed to air five. So air five, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and heart emojis. Heart emojis, love to you, right? There is no peace for you this Christmas. Well, that's an awesome Christmas message. <laughs> no, I mean, but let's jump in. Really, if we're being really honest with each other, there's a lot of folks, maybe some of you sitting here, you, you genuinely feel that way, that, that maybe your peace has been a little disturbed, disrupted. Maybe you are feeling, if you're being very honest, you are feeling a little distraught. If we're being honest with how things have gone or are going in 2020. And that is where I want to just step in right into that tension of how are you really doing, not just, you know, on Christmas Eve we're all dressed up and we look good. I'm even wearing a tie. <laughs> you guys didn't think it could happen. To that real, like, how are you really doing to the tension of right now? If you are in this place where you are feeling a little disturbed or distraught or both, I want to share this word for you, a word of peace. I will be in Luke 2, and I want to briefly Take us to the Christmas story in the book of Luke. We'll have it up on the screen if you want to follow along. I'm going to start in verse 6. In verse 6, we jump right into our story. And right as we do, there is a government mandate happening. Sounds familiar. Mary and Joseph are traveling to Bethlehem to take part in a census. And our story picks up, verse 6. It says this, And while they, Mary and Joseph, were there, the time came for her baby, Jesus, to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available at the Holiday Inn. That night there was shepherds staying in the fields nearby and guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And the angel continued, you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men the christmas story so baby jesus is born it was not a silent night can i get an amen anyone who has ever been in a delivery room knows that that song is a lie there is nothing silent about that moment right but after jesus is born god does something interesting god chooses to announce the birth of his son to whom? Who, who, does, who does he announce this to first? 
Anybody pay attention? The shepherds. Shepherds. Lowly, stinky, out in the fields, covered in dirt and other brown stuff. Shepherds. Think about it. The first people that God chooses to share the greatest news humanity will ever receive. He chooses to share it first to shepherds. People who at the time would have held one of the lowest class positions in society. Why did he do that? This would be unexpected, unprecedented. See, normally when a king is born, right, all the elite, all the, all the important people find out first. But that's not what God does here. The, the kingdom of God is upside down. The shepherds don't know that, though. When the angel appears to tell the shepherds about the good news of baby Jesus, what happened? What was their response? Were they happy? Were they, were they excited? They were terrified, right? They were terrified, and of course they were terrified because prior to Jesus being born, Anyone in the Jewish culture would have been very well versed in what can happen when God shows up. Stories of people turning into salt and, and setting cities on fire and burning them to the ground and judgment and wrath and condemnation. And some of you grew up in a church or a religious background where that type of fear was at the foundation of your faith. And if that is you, on behalf of any and all pastors, priests, and parents, I want to say to you, we are sorry. Because we don't live in ancient times. We don't live under an old covenant law. We live in a new covenant relationship with God because of this moment in history, the birth of Jesus, where God came down, where hope was born. God sets out his redemption plan for all of, hum for all of humanity to establish a new relationship between God and his people, a relationship that is built not on fear but on love. And so the shepherd's response was fear. What was the angel's response? The angel said, well, let us reassure you, do not be afraid. Because we bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And then a bunch of angels showed up, and, and you thought one angel was weird, and now a whole bunch of angels show up, and that's going to be scary. And, and then they all say their parting words to the shepherds were, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Listen, the right now word for us right now is what we fear. What we fear will most often be the thing that leads us to the peace that we seek. This message of peace to the shepherds, it was unexpected. And not everyone is comfortable with things that are unexpected. Like this moment right now. Here is an unexpected moment in the middle of a church service on Christmas. Who has seen the movie Elf? Come on, kids. I'm, I'm banking on you, kiddos. All right, so here's the deal. I have an unexpected gift for somebody tonight. All right? So if you are under the age of 16, you are not one of my children. And you're paying attention. 
Not my kids under the age of 16. I'm going to ask you a question. And if you know the answer to this question, I want you to shoot your hand up real high. Ryan, can I have a little bit of light in the house so I can see a little better? Um, so if you know the answer to this question, shoot your hand up really high, and, and then I will call on you, all right? And, and hopefully you get the answer right. All right, so this is a trivia question from the movie Elf, 16 years and under, all right? In the movie Elf. When Buddy the Elf sees Santa, he says, you don't smell like Santa, you smell like what? Yes, I saw you. Yeah, come, come here, come here. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Careful, careful, steps. Oh, please don't. It's being broadcast over thousands of people. Please don't fall. All right, what's your name? Sophia. Sophia. Sophia, I'm John. It's nice to meet you. Fist bump. Nice. All right, Sophia, the question was, in Buddy the Elf, when he sees Santa for the first time, and it's not really Santa, he says, you don't smell like Santa, you smell like beef and cheese. Beef and cheese. Give her a big round of applause. You sit on a throne of lies. Sophia, here's what I want to say to you. Sophia, I want you to remember this moment when you got in front of thousands of people online. Say hi, online family. I want you to remember this moment at our Christmas service to remember that God loves you, Sophia. He will always love you. There is nothing that you can do that will ever change that. He has a plan and purpose for you. And right now, that plan is to give you this gift card and go shopping like you got it, girl. There you go. Merry Christmas. Unexpected. Unexpected. Not all the unexpected things in 2020 have been that happy, right? Listen, there's a lot of things that came at us in 2020, and I'm asking you this. Please do not be afraid. Do not be overcome by a spirit of fear or timidity. That's not who we are. Push past that fear. That's one of the most constant themes in the Bible is do not be afraid. I believe that to push through the fear, that's how you get past it. You can't go around it, can't go under it. You have to go through the fear to find the peace on the other side. There was an email bouncing around among the staff this week. It said this. It was so gold. I wish I could say it was mine, but it wasn't. Discipleship means becoming like the one we follow. As Christians, we're supposed to be disciples of Jesus, right? We're supposed to be disciples, not just decisions. So as his disciples, let us become like the one we follow, making sure that we bring hope to the ones whose society has cast aside like the shepherds, you know, the voiceless, the marginalized, the underrepresented. Because Jesus came to lift up the lowly, to liberate the captive, to set free the oppressed. As his disciples, that is our mission. That is what we have been called to and that is what we have been doing throughout a year, even though the year has been called 2020 and all that, that came with it. This year, some of you know this, many of you know this, we took a peek at a book called The Sparkle Box. I promise we're not reading it tonight. We took a peek at the Sparkle Box, 
And it was a little book that made a big impact in our community. Come on up, Jerrica. I'm going to have Jerrica help me out here. At the heart of this book, there was this idea that on Christmas, we would open up a sparkle box. And inside would be all the things that we gave to Jesus for his birthday. All the ways that we let our light shine in the darkness to care for the least of these. And so we decided that as a church, we would do the same thing. That we would open our sparkle box with all of you. And so, I want to share that these are some of the gifts that we were able to give to Jesus to shed a little light in our community. Because of your generosity, throughout the year, we were able to give over $30,000 in assistance for families in need to pay for utilities and rent. That is a huge yay God. Through our ministry partner, Wheels, we gave away over 120 vehicles to individuals and families in need. Yay, God. We gave away over 175 therapy sessions through our Thrive Point ministry. Y'all know I need some therapy. Yes. This year, we gave away over 278 thousand pounds of food this year. It's nearly a hundred percent more than the food we gave away last year. Because of your generosity, over 85,000 high protein meals and 40,000 gallons of clean water were sent to our ministry partners in Haiti. Yes, we overwhelmed our schools with breakfast bars, if you were around, remember the Boaz bars, yes, back in February. Breakfast bars, backpacks full of supplies and necessities, and countless new shoes for students in need. And babies, we gave over $170,000 to support our global missionaries, sharing hope and help in Jesus' name all over the world. And last that I'm going to share with you tonight, we gave away, you gave over 20,000 volunteer hours and roughly half a million dollars that went outside the walls to care for the least of these in our backyard and around the world. That is a big yay, God. Thank you, Jerrica. Amen. And just last week, we added one more thing to our sparkle box. Last week, I was truly blessed to meet a young lady named Kate, a single mom taking care of all her girls, trying to navigate life in the midst of pain, heartbreak, and uncertainty. I want you to check out this video. Welcome to the Wheel Shop. I'm Al Duber, and I am the president and the founder of Wheels. Uh, we are a ministry supported by Whitewater Crossing Christian Church. Today, we're going to give away this vehicle to one of our recipients. This is a single mom, and I think you're going to really be excited to hear her story. And we're going to have her come in and be with us in just a moment. A little bit of our story is um, we, our background is we were a family of six and um, became a family of five through choices of someone else. Um, so now that person chose the, an affair and completely left. Um, and so now it's the five girls and I. And um, 
a really bad divorce that took almost four, four years. Um, cold and hurtful and um, put a lot of just distrust and anxiety and um, hurtfulness and fear about provision and things being taken care of and financial um, hardships and so we are so grateful for this and just thank you guys so much. Um, in addition to my kids, I also babysit little tiny toddlers who, um, um, and that is my job, is I, I, I'm, my words now are horrible, so, <laughs> um, so this is the best Christmas present for my family. Thank you so, so much from all of us. Just thank you so much. All right, so our tradition is everybody to put a hand on the car and we will pray a blessing. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and care for us and your command to love one another that you give each of us opportunities every day to obey. And we thank you for, we thank you for Kate and letting us be a part of her story. And, um, and I heard that uh, she's a fighter, but uh, even fighters uh, need to be cared for and need to receive blessings. And we thank you for letting this ministry be a part of uh, your work to do that for Kate and her girls. And we just ask for your blessing on them and your favor on them as they continue to fight and they continue to walk with you and they continue to serve other people's children. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for letting all of us be a part of your work. And we pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 church working right. Together we gave hope this year. We gave peace, even in the midst of uncertainty. Listen, when we meet the tangible needs of the body, we open the heart to the spiritual needs of the soul. If you find yourself in a season of unrest, let me offer you this. When we bring peace to those who need peace, in return, we are the ones who will receive that supernatural peace that we desperately long for. In the midst of, of so much uncertainty and confusion and fear and doubt, let us, this family, let us be unexpected with the joy that we have, with the hope that we offer. Let us be unexpected messengers of peace. Jesus, I thank you for this, your local church, for allowing all of us to be a part of this moment for such a time as this. Jesus, I ask that you will continue to bless each and every family represented, every individual. Bless them abundantly. Overwhelm them with your presence and with your peace that surpasses all understanding. Let us represent you well with how we love with how we lead, with how we bring light into the darkness. Let us breathe peace in all that we do. It is in your son's holy name that all God's people say. I just love the phrase that we're going with tonight. 
That, was, that word, that phrase from the angels at Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago, announced to that band of shepherds that John just reviewed, that phrase, those words are iconic. It's like burned in our culture, in and out of the church. Peace on earth, repeat the rest of that, goodwill to men. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Now, John talked about peace. I want to take a moment with you and focus on those four little words, goodwill toward men. I know it doesn't feel like it much right now. I, I know it doesn't seem like there is much goodwill or, some, for that matter, any good right now. Uh, someone said this year is a true festivus for the rest of us as lots of people are airing their grievances right now. Some of you who watch Seinfeld, you get that, George Costanza, right? But I want to remind you there is some good in this crazy COVID Christmas. There's some goodwill. You've already seen it through video. You've already heard stories. Can I just list a couple of good things that just popped in my mind today? Number one, the Brent Spence Bridge is open again. <laughs> Praise God for that. Number two, I'm pretty sure that some of you found joy this year. You, don't, don't raise your hand. I'm pretty sure some of you found joy this year in being able to tell your in-laws that you really didn't want to see anyway. <laughs> you know what? COVID. I don't think we can get together this year. And you cried. You know that you were lying. You didn't want them over your house. And if nothing else, hey, listen, y'all, the Bengals won. I'm telling you, that's a Festivus miracle right there. There's a lot of good when you start thinking about goodwill. Good will toward men. You know, it's still important even if it's rare even if it's rare. As John shared around Whitewater individually and collectively, there has been a ton of goodwill, a ton of sparkling that we have done this Christmas. And I think this movement of being the light shouldn't end, now stick with me, I don't think it should end at 2020. I think it should move on into 2021. Let me tell you how we can do that. I'm going to give you an acrostic with the word sparkle. This was given to me by our, one of our wonderful leaders, Linda Myers. It's an acrostic to remind us that sparkling really is about practicing and demonstrating what the Bible calls the one in others. There's like 39, but sparkle has a few letters, less than 39. I, I could preach a whole message till this time next year just on this sparkle. Let me give you the acrostic. These are gifts you can give all year long, all next year. Number one, S for sparkle. We can serve one another, can't we? There's been a lot of that. P, we can sparkle when we are patient with one another, when we accept one another. R, when we regard, Philippians says, one another. K, when we are kind to one another, as Ephesians 4 says. L, when we love one another, as John 15 says. And E in sparkle, when we encourage one another. Serve, patience, acceptance, re regard, kind, love, encourage. When you do those things every day, no matter if it's Christian or not, you will sparkle. Such practical, such biblical way. Jesus has already told us how to be the light. And even if you don't believe Jesus, you're watching online, even if you're in this room and you're not too sure about this Jesus stuff, I think you would still agree. Life would be better when people sparkle like this. Even if Jesus is not a part of the equation, non-Jesus people say, you know, I think that's a good idea. We all should sparkle. Because nothing could be more God-like than to show goodwill 
to men by spreading the light. I was thinking about this this week. I told John, he preached on light uh, last Sunday, did a great job. And I thought about this. At the beginning of time, back in Genesis, it said there was what all over the face of the deep? Darkness. And God said four little words, let there be what? Light. Did you notice that God didn't have to say, let there be darkness? That's my, that, that was my revolution. Like, no. Why did he not have to say, let there be darkness? Because darkness is always around. Darkness comes easy. It comes naturally in a fallen world. It is only bringing light that is intentional. And you have to use the right attitude. And you have to bring the right action of intentionality to bring light. I don't have to say, let darkness reign. It's already naturally happens in a fallen world. But only those who follow Jesus, only those who reflect his light, only those who sparkle can say, let there be light. And for some of you, when you open that sparkle box this weekend or this the rest of this week, you will be bringing out, just like John did from the church sparkle box, you will be bringing out light. You will see examples of being the light. And I can't think of a better time, friend, in this sorry, dark, depressed, discouraged world than for those of us who claim to follow Jesus, born in a manger, crucified on a cross, risen from a tomb. I can't think of a better time for us to light up this world for Jesus than right now. Now, everybody won't understand until they know why you want your light to shine. I have an elder, older mentor of mine in the ministry, long retired now, and he told me that he back in his old neighborhood, he had a house in the entrance of their subdivision back in the early 1970s, and he had a neighbor in that subdivision that kept their Christmas lights burning long into January. Any of y'all got any of those people in your neighborhood? They like put up their Christmas lights and they just keep them up. He said that he noticed the lights were still on even in mid-February and that they were being lit up every night. And he said, to be honest with you, it got on my nerves. I irritated me a little bit. I was a little bit critical. I would say things like, you know, if I were too lazy to take down my Christmas lights, I think I'd at least turn them off at night, even if I didn't bring them down. But in the middle of March, when the house's Christmas lights were still being lit nightly, he said one day he drove down the street and he learned why the lights were still on. A sign suddenly appeared in the yard one day that said this, Welcome home from Vietnam, Jimmy. The family unashamedly left on their Christmas lights in anticipation of their son's return home. I encourage you, friend, to let your light illuminate and communicate goodwill toward men because we're all just kind of waiting for the ultimate son of God's inevitable return. And your neighbors may think you're weird, but I'd rather be weird for God than normal and live in a dark world, friend. No matter who you are, where you're watching from us, watching this today from, I don't care what you've done, you can write this down. The light will always conquer the darkness in your life. And trust me on this, if you're in the dark right now about this Jesus stuff, that's what we're doing. That's what we're in the business of, relationship with God, relationship with Jesus. Not religion, but relationship. If you're in the dark about that, let us know. Maybe you're living in the shadows. You're just kind of here tonight, or you're watching tonight, and you're like, you know what? 
if you really knew who I was, you'd stone me. You're just the kind of people we want in our church. Trust me, I've hung out with these people for about 18 years. They ain't all that because I'm not all that. If you're a shadow lurker, this is the place for you. This is like the church for like card-carrying, hell-bound heathens to show up and still be welcomed by God. Trust me on that. Maybe you have been going through a dark period in your life. Maybe you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. John preached about that. But I promise you this, friend, you can trust me. Darkness won't get the last word in your life. Jesus, the light of the world, will. And even though there is ill will in our country, instead of goodwill, Christ followers can reflect that light and they can respond. And you have an opportunity tonight. Listen to me now. You have an opportunity tonight to keep that light burning bright, not only at the end of this year, but all next year. Every year we take up a giant Christmas Eve Christmas Eve week offering. This is our first Eve of Christmas Eve. I love it. I can tell it's going to be a keeper. We're going to give you that opportunity tonight. And all you watching online, I want to show you a, a video of the folks that will be the recipients, the partners in ministry that we will be uh, obviously applauding and helping with volunteers. But friend, these folks need to be funded so that the light continue to shine. Watch this video and see if you don't agree. Hey Whitewater, it's Sarah. Each of us have the opportunity to sparkle in many tangible ways this holiday season. We're asking you to join us as 100% of all contributions will be used to invest in and resource not only in the Life Center Resource Fund, but three other faithful strategic partners, Block Ministries, Wheels, and Thrive Point Counseling. Block Ministries is unique. They acquire and refurbish buildings so that their staff can live as neighbors helping neighbors, invested in these blocks and invested in their lives. Living where they serve creates more space to be Jesus' hands and feet daily. Yay! They get involved in very practical ways, and one of these ways is through their after-school program. How I started coming to the block, well, first let me introduce my name. I'm Nigel Wright. Um, I've been coming to the block for like around like six, five years. Um, I first started coming because my big brother actually started coming before me. And I came, met Ryan, and ever since then, I just built a connection with him and continued to come back and still here. So when I was when I was younger, I used to get into like a lot of trouble. And Ryan and another guy named Avery was like my mentors and like got me out of the state of what I was in. And now when I come, I am a student volunteer and I basically help around, pick up trash, play basketball, basically doing what every every staff is doing. I play football, my number is 43, you already know it. I just threw up 44, but it's 43. Hey, what friends? Do you know, do you know her? She's my sister. She's your sister? What's your name? Naya. Naya, and what's your name? Madison. Okay, so besides eating flaming hot Cheetos, what do you do here usually? Eat cheese, high five. I ate cool apple cheese. 
you get snacks. Fight my sister. No, don't fight. Don't fight on the camera. <laughs> what are the names of some of the adult friends here that you know? Cora. Where's Cora? Bailey, Ryan, Maggie, Cody. That's it. So you have a lot of friends here. Okay, action. Oh, she's going to save someone. There she goes. We're going to follow this superhero. Oh, she's saving people with her cartwheels. Wheels is a volunteer team dedicated to helping meet the transportation needs of people in our community. The team reconditions donated vehicles and passes them on to qualified recipients like Andrea, a young, single working mom who is finishing up her degree in early education and saving to buy a house. She was the recipient of a Honda Odyssey. Or what about Tamika, who worked her way out of the streets, jail, the foster system, health issues, and more, and needed the car for her new job that was contingent on having her own transportation. She was given a 2002 Toyota Camry. The Whitewater Life Center creates space where life transformation happens. This is accomplished through many different ways, including food to the hungry, drink to the thirsty, clothes to the homeless, presence to the forgotten, or comfort to the suffering. Thrive Point serves the emotional and mental health needs of families who are both a part of our church and surrounding communities. Counseling services are available to clients in person at the Life Center or through telehealth sessions. The Life Center meets short-term emergency needs and works towards long-term solutions so that the gospel message can be heard. Betty, Jesse, and Wyatt are just one example of many who experienced life change through the Life Center. We moved down to the Westbrook Trailer Park to um, be with friends and family, mostly for, for our little baby right here. He had family that lived there. And we got down there and felt alone. You know, they really weren't gonna be the family that we thought they were gonna be. And being there, we were pretty much getting sad. Not only was the church members being really good friends, they were also telling us the way of, of the Lord, telling us things, you know, to try to help us, make us see that there's a better life after this one. And also let us know that God wants something better for us right now. Going to a life center is really, really cool thing to do. But going there and seeing people from the church, you know, getting to talk to them, the guys that come out and they bring the food out to you. They just don't throw it in your car. They come out and they talk to you, ask you, you know, how you doing, you know, if you have anything that you really want to mention to them, they'll let you, you know, get it off your chest or pray with you about it. You know, you go to another food shelter or something, they don't do that. You know, it's just like, put it in your car and you know, well, who's next? You know, so it's great to know that you always have somebody to talk to. It might seem like we're really sad, 
by the way, we're talking or whatever. But we're really happy. We have our little baby in there that keeps us going. I'm not saying, you know, things would be totally different or whatever, but Wyatt has really, really, really changed me. I didn't care one day to the next. But now, you know, I got this little boy to take care of. He depends on me. Behind this mask, I am one of the happiest people in the world. I wake up every day with him. How can he not be happy? He's a beautiful he little boy. Is. He keeps us going. He beats us up. You know, I help him every day with a school. You know, we might be sitting here struggling. We don't have a lot, but we don't really need a lot. These are just a few examples of how your giving has impacted lives in 2020. Let's not stop sparkling. Let's fill our sparkle boxes to the brim. We can give lavishly to the Life Center and supporting ministries so that life change can happen all year long. Yes. Friend, there is nothing like the church when the church is working right. There's nothing worse. Some of y'all grew up in church. You know there's nothing worse when the church ain't working right. It's working right when we make a difference one person at a time. All the stuff, all the stories you've heard tonight are made possible because of what you have given and what you will give this year in our offering. All the stories that we will tell in 2021 will be fueled by your generosity. So I want to encourage you to be as generous online and in person tonight as possible. A couple ways you can do that. You can write a check to Whitewater Crossing, put in the memo line, Christmas Eve offering, Life Center, we'll get it to the right uh, account. You can put those if you're in the room in these wooden boxes as you leave. You can put cash in there. Uh, we have trusted people that will count it. Maybe you can get online and look in our, uh, in our app or look, give through the website. There's a drop-down menu. You'll say Christmas Eve. You can do that. You can mail your check-in after you leave here. We'll be collecting money for a couple of days, trust me. I just think God's going to do something special. Un, John used the word unprecedented, unexpected. I think it will be an unexpectedly wonderful gift because I sense that in the room and I sense that online. Help us help people. We're going to do another song right now, and I encourage you in this song to maybe think. I know you've got a gift in your mind. I'm asking you to use this song to pray about your amount and maybe actually even write the check, get out your wallet, get on the phone, give. I'm asking you whatever you thought you were going to do in an amount, because I know, I know this is the west side, you know. I know you're thinking, like, I wonder what it is. Whatever amount you were thinking about doing, here's what I ask you to do. Add a zero to it. I challenge you to add a zero. And see if God does not bless you. Because, friend, you can't get out give God. We shovel it out. He shovels it in. He's got a bigger shovel. I'm just telling you. And our church has been blessed to be a blessing. The song we're going to hear it to give you a chance for the Holy Spirit to work in your life, online even and in the room, is Here Comes Heaven. It's one of my favorite songs because it really is what our message is tonight. We get to get to heaven because heaven came to us first, that cosmic redemptive stride. 
And during this song, we're also going to see a baptism, which is so appropriate because that's why Jesus came, to help people get to heaven, to get their sins washed away when they put their faith in him. They confess him as Lord and Savior. They repent of sin and get that washed away by going all in. That's the why of why we also give. So I'm just going to pray. We're going to sing. We're going to hear that song. I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to do something in you unexpected so that you can sparkle and help others sparkle this year. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the hope of heaven. Thank you for the message of the hour. Thank you for every person watching online, every person here in this room, those who will watch this, uh, Father, uh, whenever, that you would work through every single thing not only to capture people's heart, because it's not about the money, it's about a person named Jesus who gave, and therefore we are to give. For God so loved the world that he gave. And we are never more like you, God, than when we give. So bring heaven here. Help us to bring a little heaven to earth because of the generosity of people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.